Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Ah, welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR on Community Radio. And today with my co-host Anne. I'd like to pay my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drugs, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery story and highlight that shared experience saves lives. Uh, I'd like to welcome Michael to the 3CR Airwaves this afternoon. Um, hi, Michael. G'day, Anne. Going. Ah, great great to have you on, uh, Michael. Uh, Michael's a recovering alcoholic with the help of Alcoholics Anonymous, and he's going to share his recovery story with us. Uh, we're also going to talk a bit about the upcoming AA National Convention that's going to be held in Melbourne this weekend from Friday the 22nd to Sunday the 24th of April. Um, so welcome, Michael. It's um, great to have you on the show. Great. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, it's, a, it's an honour. It's a total honour. Yeah. <laughs> now, Love it. talking off air, I understand you're a 3CR listener. That's I am. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. do you want to tell us about your favourite shows apart oh, from Living Free, of course? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's um, it's invaluable because uh, community. You know, we don't we don't get uh, grassroots enough. We don't hear enough about grassroots. What's going on? Um, and it's real. It's 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 unvarnished, for want of a better term. Um, it's really important. The community connection. That's what I, I think it's invaluable. But I listen to. Uh, look, I listen to every, uh, not everything. I, I listen to um, like Radio Echo Shock. I, I actually get. I actually listen at, at six o'clock in the morning on the Sunday morning. Um, so I catch a bit of the rocks. The old. 1940 stuff before then, um, which is fantastic, and then it goes across to the gardening show. Um, uh, Women on the line is in, in between that. Gardening show is brilliant. I'm a gardener, so you know, I tell you what, um, it is excellent. Um, uh, uh, oh, geez, and what do I do? So um, Joe, to cut, just could Joe catch with catch up with Joe Toscano, whatever he's got going. Um, you know, um, talk back with attitude is fantastic. Um, um, uh, I, 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 I used to listen, listen to the environment stuff. I don't do that that, that much anymore. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's kind of the range of things. Is you know. Um, yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's good to have you on, and good to have a, yeah. a listener on talking about listening to three CR, yeah, <laughs> a great station. Truly. Truly. Yeah. Um, so, Michael, um, the format of the show, I, I think you know, is we, we talk about recovery, but uh, in talking about recovery, we really want to talk about what it's like, how you got got to where you got before you got into recovery. So do you want to tell us a bit about your early life growing up, friends, school and things like that, and, you know, why you took the direction you took in life? Yeah, totally. So I was I was brought up in the suburbs of Melbourne, Um it's uh, inner suburbs, uh, so we oh, look. We're um, from a Eastern European background, sort of in Polish immigrants from World War Two, um, and then uh, so I was I was brought up in the working class of like 
Hawthorne working class area, um, which is not working class anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And it was, uh, what I'm getting at there is I was brought up in a kind of a a foodie culture. Um, My father was, you know, uh, kind of, well, he was a continental butcher and and food was a big thing for us. Um, uh, He worked in in the vineyards of the south of France after the war so the whole thing about wine and all that sort of stuff I was kind of enchanted by that when I was a kid and uh, uh, just thought yeah no this is this is life this is this is what you do um, we had a lot of Italian people around there too that had similar back you know no big um, making wine and keeping it under the house and all this kind of thing and I got carried that into later, like when early teenage, I suppose, later teenage, just interest in in in, in kind of wine, um, not professionally, and I don't think I was, I couldn't, I just got interested in it as, as you know, what is this stuff? Um, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't, you know, getting off my head, getting drunk um, at the time. I, uh, you know, I was just interested in all the dynamics of it. Um, and then Australia, you know, we became a big vineyard. So that that was kind of like, whoa, you know. Um, and I used to, uh, so I used to get out to the Yarra Valley and, and thinking I'm going to collect, you know, a dozen wines and a dozen, you know, this and that, thinking I'm going to put it aside for 12 years or something like that. Lucky to last for 12 days. <laughs> you, know, you know, just demolish it, and you know, and other things like I got into the Polish, the the vodka that we had in the house, and you know, just drank them, drank it dry, sort of thing, you know. So, uh, Michael, can I ask you a bit about, um, I guess, your first taste and your first attraction to alcohol? Can you yeah. talk about that for a bit? Yeah, uh, um, we we had we had family gatherings, you know, just social gatherings, and so somewhere in there probably was like a like a shandy, like uh, you know that for a kid, that kind of um, mix of lemonade and and and, and beer was got me interested. But you know, you'd see the older people um, drinking the, and the whole house was permeated with the smell of vodka and you know. Uh, food and, and all this sort of thing. So somewhere there, um, I, but my, my parents weren't alcoholics, so we didn't. I wasn't like this, you know. wasn't sort of fed the alcohol that much. Um, they didn't really. It was there, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. I got, wasn't a problem. They didn't really yeah. get me drinking, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah but. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. So, what about your peers? Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah. Uh, look, older sister, but no, no, nothing, no, no major alcoholism. There was one or two family friends like that that had what turned out to be very serious alcohol problems, um, and I didn't know at the time. And uh, had had we known, you know, uh, it was just kind of. This guy, we know you knew this guy would get totally ripped when he came over, and um, uh, but there, so there's that kind of a little bit of exposure of you know, geez, what's that, what's going on there? 
um, but not um, yeah, not not a lot else. Um, yeah, got got into you know. Then we moved over to to, to you know to the to uh, Baldwin and um, Baldwin's very was very boring. So not much happening. Um, and I, try, I I don't know. I tried to maybe make a try to create life a bit there as well. Uh, that was another thing. So how old were you then? So we went to the. Oh, I was I think sixteen or. Maybe a bit earlier when we shifted across, mm. um, you know. And once again, it was my father worked there, so in those days it wasn't impossible to get get a house there, um, <laughs> you know. But it is, you know. Uh, so it's pretty hard now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, so, so. Uh, what about school? Did were you a good student? No, no. I went to uh, to Catholic boys' school. Uh, I I kind of like I I I didn't have any trauma there, but I kind of you know I kind of appreciated that they taught us right and wrong and all that sort of stuff. But as a boys' school, it was a little bit you know bit bit harsh. Kids belt each other up and stuff. Um, And yeah, uh, you know it was a bit austere. Um, but I, I, I later liked school. I, I became very interested in academically orientated later uh, when I went to Baldwin High. But I, um, I wasn't surrounded by a family environment that really supported that. Uh, you, uh, you know, you know, you hear about immigrant families who want their kids to be doctors and stuff. It was the opposite for me. They said, you know, we don't. If you, you know, whatever you do is okay. You, you know, if you want to drive trams for the rest of your life, that's okay. So that used to annoy me because I wanted to be encouraged to, you know, be, you know, uh, an academic in the academic world. I, I wasn't, I wasn't terrible at school. I didn't, I wasn't totally, I didn't get thrown out or anything. But I, you know, I wasn't um, lacked, lacked confidence, lacked, lacked confidence, a bit isolated, like a lot of, a lot of us are, you know. Isolated life. Um, so, what what about friends? Yeah, uh, yeah. You see, not a, not a big range of friends. Um, you know, um, yeah. I I, I, I classify myself not as not as a not as a dangerous loner or anything like that. Uh, but I just spent a lot of time alone. Um, you know, I'm getting. And it, it, it was it was it was it was boring. It was mind-numbingly boring. Um, yeah, so I uh, that's something I should have probably you know if I could have thought of, I should have had a better better social inclusion thing going on. Um, wasn't into the footy that much, um, but you know, living in Hawthorne around there, that was a pretty football-oriented area, so couldn't miss it. Um, yeah. So what yeah. did you do? What did you like? Um, I I was a bit of a reader, a bit of a you know um, still am. Um, oh God, look, I got I got it. I got into Eastern philosophies and, and things. Um, I, I got a bit yeah, got into philosophy and um, I, um, even I, I, certainly politics. Uh, you know. 
very interested in all that kind of thing. Um, just, you know, and this was all before the internet and everything, so just reading and watching it on TV and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, um, but, yeah, very, very interested in what was going on. I kind of did believe what was it. Uh, they said, you know, the, you you, you got to watch the bastards because... You know, keep them uh, honest. Keep keep them honest. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Keep, yeah. keep the bastards honest and all that. Because, yeah. you know, um, so all that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, what about relationships? Sounds like it, you didn't have too many. No, no. I, no, I didn't. I, I, I wanted to, <laughs> but uh, uh, it was, uh, I, I met a girl who, yeah, she, um, I worked in the city for a while. I worked in, uh, uh, retail and all this sort of thing, and we we hitched up. We stuck together for 27 years, um, and that was it was it was good, but it didn't end up in a marriage or kids or or anything. Um, and then it, of course, you know, it's kind of like a codependent and just you know uh, orbiting around each other. And so 27 years, um, but. You know, nothing, no, not a lot, no, no, hardly any sort of, there was no, like, crashing or bashing or anything going on, really. Um, yeah. And so why uh, why the codependence? Was it because of the drink? Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I, I think it was, uh, I, I, I wanted, I wanted, a, I wanted this, I wanted, I wanted this uh, wonderful dynamic relationship. Um, I wanted to make it work, I... Um, and she was a very gentle person, very, very nice, very, um, 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 but, but work, work concerns were heavy, heavy work concerns needed to keep her job, keep, you know, and, uh, very worried about losing her job all the time. Um, and that, that, that anxiety was always there, uh, um, I, I was supportive, but um, it's, it's in, in the public public service area sort of thing. Okay. So, so um, would you classify her as a workaholic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say so. Yeah. You know. There's a lot of yeah. You know, anxiety certainly. Yeah, and like the job gave a lot of um, meaning and, and so on. Um, but she certainly. Um, God, I mean, pretty essential role that she was doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> mm. uh, so were, you, yeah. were you drinking at this point? I, it, it sort of, tra- it, it kind of, tra- it, it morphed over the 30 years, uh, you know, um, increasing, I guess you could say. And, of course, if, it, you know, I'd go to a pub or I'd be there till closing time and then a bit more and, um, uh, there were periods when I didn't drink. Oh, when I was, I got got into study, and I was into architecture and all this sort of stuff. So I, my drinking dropped off there a fair bit. But and then I, it sort of uh, the boredom came back again, and you know, just being um, shat off with everything, and sort of just. Uh, 
yes, it sort of, sort of progressively increased. There was a pivotal moment at GP. Um, I went to a GP for something else, and he, and he, and he was a wonderful bloke. I think he knew a lot about alcohol, and uh, he sat me down. And he said, you know, we need to talk. And I, I thought, yeah, yeah, I know, I know this. Yeah, probably an alcoholic, yeah, but... But I need a psychiatrist. I need what I need to do is I need to go right back to my early childhood and work out all, that, which is probably true. But but what what I need to do is listen to him and, and and go to go to AA meetings and hear what you know what the gravity of what alcoholism. That's where you, that's where you hear about what what you're in for if you if you're an alcoholic and you're going to keep drinking. That's where you hear the that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay, well, listen, we might take a break there. Um, yeah. We've got a song. Uh, this one's okay. called Talking About a Revolution by Tracy Chapman, so I'll just play that one. Don't you know that talking about a revolution sounds <clears throat> Don't you know Talking about a revolution It sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know Talking about a revolution It sounds Gonna rise up and get there, yeah. Poor people gonna rise up and take what's there. Melbourne Jazz Jammers present the second Newport Jazz Festival. 60 plus bands, seven venues and three days of great music from some of Melbourne's finest musicians. 29th of April to 1st of May. Trad, swing, blues, 
big band, Latin, bossa, bebop and beyond. Tickets at the Newport Bowls Club box office in Market Street or online at melbournejazzjammers.com.au The Friendly Festival. The Newport Jazz Festival is a 3CR supporter. A proud black man Strong spirit, First Nations issues, families, people and stories from a First Nations perspective. Mondays at 1pm on 3CR. Proud black man, proud black man, you should not wonder. Ah, welcome back. Um, this is the Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. Um, if you'd like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also contact us via phone, email or Twitter. Um, we're also promoting this week or this weekend the 2022 Alcoholics Anonymous National Convention with Alan and Alateen participation. They're going to go ahead with face-to-face -face meetings and it starts on Friday at 7pm till uh, Sunday at 5pm. Uh, the venue is the Pullman Hotel, 65 Queens Road, Albert Park. Uh, their website is aanatcon2022.com and you can buy your tickets through Eventbrite uh, for three days. The cost is 145 You can get a Friday night ticket for 40 or Saturday or Sunday tickets for $80 each and professionals can enter free on Sunday. Uh, we're talking to Michael and we're talking about recovery from alcoholism with the help of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, so Michael, uh, before the break you talked about going to your GP and um, he suggested alcoholism may be an issue. So did you take him up on that? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, not seriously. You know, there, there was a there was an AA meeting around the corner, sort of, and uh, I, one of the worries was I thought, oh, geez, I'm going to, how am I going to hide this from the neighbours? You know, they're going to see me going in there. The, the word, you know, not, I'm not exactly famous, but gee, you know, and I, I thought, ah, oh, how can I hide this? Um, and uh, that, to me now, is like ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know, but. I, I did go. Um, I just didn't get the message somehow. I, uh, I, 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 you know, I can't remember whether I was listening or I was just trying to take it all in, and I, this was all too much. Um, uh, you know. Did Did you identify? I I I, I think I probably did. Um, but maybe maybe the that wasn't the commitment wasn't there. Um, yeah, I it didn't it just didn't grab me. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and of course, all of this is all of this is for like every alcohol just you know kind of wipes so much of your memory so that I can't really remember. You know, because I can. I can remember how I sort of was travelling all through those years, but I can't. There's a lot of specific detail. I just can't remember that uh, that I that I, you know that I was doing. Um, 
Um, were, were your parents concerned about you? I, 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 look, I, I think they were, um, but nothing was said directly, um, which, yeah, uh, it would have been nice, I suppose, to have someone, you know, you don't want to be blasted off the face of the earth or told, you know, I don't like these, these things they do in America where they, they ambush you in a, in a room with your family They don't, and, and they tell you, you know, you're going to rehab, we know you're an alcoholic and they sort of spring it on you. Uh, thankfully, we don't do that here. Uh, but I would have been nice to someone, someone just sort of say, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, you know, do you think maybe you, you're drinking too much, you know? Um, that would have been good. No, but I didn't get... It was one of these things, I was hearing this, and someone talking about this the other day, how we just, we luck, we get, we get this kind of alcoholic luck where we just dodge things. But we, uh, we also dodge the things that we need to learn. Which, you know, um, we're, we're lucky if we don't get killed um, in a road accident or something. Um, we sort of, a lot of us do. Um, so you kind of, um, it's like a pinball machine, you know, with a pinball dropping down and yeah. it just essentially makes its way down. It. Good analogy, yeah. Eventually you yeah. hit the bottom, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what about your partner? Were they concerned about your drinking? She was, she, she, and, but she was a very, she was just a really good-natured person and she didn't have, uh, maybe she was a little bit afraid, but um, she, well, I remember once she, she said, look, I you need to go to AA, go to AA. And, uh, but that was it. She didn't, it wasn't a fight or an argument or, you know, she, and I, and I said, oh, yeah, nah, you know, and that was it. Um, all of that 10 minutes, you know. Um, I, 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 I think she might have, she might have been getting some assistance herself, um, you know, through different fellowships and things probably, I don't know, um, yeah, uh, yeah. At, outside, you know. So yeah. yeah but, um, so you mentioned she might have been a bit afraid. So did you yeah. have a character change when you drank? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't like like she she used to, you know, call me Michael One and Michael Two, and I I I wasn't explosively violent or anything, but I was just you know grumpy and and just like disinterest. I just uh, um, I did get I did get. You know, there were a couple of times when she kind of pressed my buttons and I stormed out. Uh, but, yeah, it was just... Uh, that was probably just normal man behaviour. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. You know, anything that's half emotional and half anything to do with your you know, you know, intuition and, and we, we go into our man cave. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. I think a lot of normal people do that. <laughs> so, so how is your drinking affecting your life at this stage? Um, ah, look, I, I'm, I was constantly trying to get my my career and you know life going, um, study and work, and I used to, I did get, I did a lot of agency work in, in warehouses and stuff, but I, I, you know, I think they picked up that I had turned up with alcohol in my breath, and you sort of. You know, you wouldn't get a call back, sort of thing. Um, 
it was always a mystery. Why why couldn't I get my career back? Why couldn't I? And I think largely it was, um, it's it's a, it's a dog chasing its tail. You don't you don't know where it starts, but it's kind of like because I'm drinking, that's not helping. That's making me not think clearly. So therefore, that's probably why I'm not in my career. And it just goes around in circles. Um, um, yeah, and I oh, look. I, I did I did work. I did a lot of work where where um, on on at the time and building sites where you. It kind of it was kind of always just accepted that um, you know people didn't check wasn't wasn't a wasn't a big OH and S thing back then um, and um, pretty dangerous though I did get some some some, some I, I was lucky I I'm lucky I didn't cut my hand off or anything I I, I get some serious um, sort of injuries um, on, on building sites which would, I'm, I'm Definitely was was because I wasn't clear headed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no question about that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so do you want to talk about what your normal drinking on a daily basis was? Yeah. So it it started. You know, you kind of you, it's like you ah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll it's kind of like you oh, it's lunchtime, right? Uh, um, I'm alone. I'm I'm, I'm I'm, you know, unemployed. I'll have lunch, and I'll get myself a bottle of wine as well. Just you know, and then um, I might be working. I'll come home and cook dinner, and I'm thinking, okay, all right, I'll have some wine with that. But what I did was I have some wine before that, and then I have some wine while I'm making the dinner, and then I think, oh, stuff it. I'll 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 have I'll have you know whatever's left, or even go get another bottle, sort of thing. So it just increased. And uh, I'd, I'd, um, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd start to crave in the morning. So I think, you know, geez, it's eleven o'clock, but I, you know, I could do with a, could do with a drink. Um, and you sort of, you sort of, hang back till maybe twelve o'clock. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good time, isn't it? <laughs> civilized hour, you know. Yeah. Go to the bottle shop and act like you're just, you know. Just buying it because you're going to have it with lunch. And, yeah, you're, and normal, you're just, a normal punter. Yeah, that's right. You know, and yeah. just increases. And um, my poor partner just put up with the fact that she'd come home late because late work. She did fifteen hour, fifteen hour days. She'd come home and Whoa. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and I, and I, oh, you know, and I, I'd smell like a a vineyard. I, I smell like a. Uh, just a you know, um, and but to, to get to the other extreme, um, I, 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 after the relationship broke up, um, and for like six years after that, I worked my way up to um, drinking where I, I had to have two or three bottles before the sun would come up in the morning. You know, that my my mind was obsessed. I had to have to stop the shakes, to stop myself from feeling like I'm going to vomit. Um, pretty sick, and I, I need those drinks. And, and you know, and then I'd wait for the sun to come up. And, and then it got to the point where I was buying cask wine and knocking back, you know. You know so I'd, I'd, be, I'd knock back four litres by, by lunchtime, um, and I'd be blacked out um, 
by about 10, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so I was, I was, I was, I had a capacity to drink, you know, up to probably eight litres of wine, which wasn't your quality, you know, <laughs> fine wine that I, it was goon. It was, it's what they call goon because you mix it with lemonade and, and orange juice and everything and just to try and, you think you're being healthy by putting a bit of orange juice in it or something. And, uh, that's classic, isn't yeah. it? Ah, oh, you know, and it was just gross. Um, yeah. Just yeah, so so it's pretty heavy, and I was very sick by then. Um, mm. Very sick. Um, yeah, back and forth to the hospital. Um, to a, they call you a frequent flyer in the hospital because you just come back all the time. And, yeah. Can yeah, I just ask? Um, so, what what caused you to to seek help? Did you get help when you were hospitalised? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the, the one thing, good thing uh, with with the Box Hill Hospital was that it's patched in with Wellington House. Um, not everyone likes it, but it, it that it links you directly into a twenty eight day rehab, or it's called stabilisation now. So. If you if you're up for it, and you, you, there is a bit of dis- discomfort, you know you've got to be detoxed and everything. Um, they'll 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 link you up with it, um, and if you're lucky, you'll get a spot, uh, get a get a placing. Um, and I was in a situation where I was so I was lucky. I just I was sick in hospital, and they kind of said, "No, you can, you can just walk across. You can you can just go to the ward straight from here." And I I I, I, I yeah I. I latched onto it because I thought I'm. I, I the one thing I was I had a heart attack somewhere in amongst all of this, and uh, that was uh, alcohol related. And they said to me in the in the cardio ward, you, you keep you, you know you know you're going to die, you know if you do this. And and I'm thinking, yeah, I know that. I'm not stupid. I know what a heart attack is. But two weeks later, I'm I'm back to it, you know, because um, they said we know you're not going to stop drinking, um, but. What they're saying is, we know that you statistically people will not do anything about it. They won't. They won't take action. Um, and uh, I thought, well, that's pretty. That's pretty elegant. But uh, you know, it's pretty realistic, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah so, uh, well, listen, um, we might take another break and get yeah. back to it. Um, so yeah. this song is called "Whistling Cannonballs" and it's by by Shane Nicholson and Paul Kelly. So enjoy. There's pictures of her mother on the wall When she speaks she don't look at me at all She likes to check the time now and then And I start whistling cannonballs again Her old man sleeps till dark every day Then she cleans and puts the ashtrays away I think that I can make her my friend But I've been whistling cannonballs again 
And as she pulls her skirt above her knees I'm thinking bad things always come in threes So it finished right where it began And I went whistling cannonballs again Fragile like a teacup in a storm Sweet and tender like a nurse in uniform But every time I hear a violin Then I start whistling cannonballs again So she curled up like a cat in the chair With her fingers drawing circles in the air Stared me down and said, let's not pretend That you weren't whistling cannonballs again And without a breath she made it pretty clear That I should close the door and disappear been so long I don't remember when I started whistling cannonballs again It's been so long I don't remember when We started whistling cannonballs again on May 1st, the International Day of the Working Classes. We're mobilising for workers' rights, decent living conditions, environmental protection, the rights of Indigenous peoples and in opposition to imperialist war and aggression. There'll be speakers, stalls, food and community singing from midday on Sunday, May 1st at Trades Hall on the corner of Ligon and Victoria Street, Carlton. Then march around the city, assembling from 1.30pm. And leading up to the day, don't forget April 28th from 5pm, the annual eight-hour memorial event opposite Trades Hall, followed by a 6pm solidarity event, good food, entertainment and speakers. Help us hold the worst federal government in living memory to account. For more information, visit maydayvictoria.com. The Melbourne Mayday Committee is a 3CR supporter. Tune in to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice. 8.30am Wednesday, 7am Saturday. Or listen on demand on 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Welcome back. Um, this is the Living Free Show on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au. And I'm talking with Michael, and we're talking about recovery from alcoholism with the help of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, so, Michael, um, we were talking about being hospitalised, and you mentioned that um, you were just recovering from a heart attack and you got into Wellington House. So do you want to talk about what it was like 
being in, in a sort of a detox recovery environment? Yeah, look, um, there's, there's two stages there. You, 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 you sort of need to do your, your, your physical... Your, you, you, you're parked into the, one of the wards, the recovery wards in the hospital, because, you know, they've got to make sure that you're... Um, you can run a risk. It's pretty dangerous if you if you just quit alcohol. I don't know about other substances. Just cold. You can you can you can have a seizure. It's pretty dangerous. You can if you're drinking a lot or you're uh, you've got other problems. Um, you, you know, so don't just quit like that. And that's why that's a really and it's 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 a bit austere and it's boring and it's. The food, the hospital, you know, food, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you've got to, you know, think, well, shit, I'm lucky, I've got this, you know. Um, and then, and then, you go across to Wellington House, and it's much more of a home environment. It's still medically supervised. It's still structured. There's a whole day's program. You've got to sort of wake up at eight o'clock and, you know, and participate and everything. But it's not the bloody army, you know, and and. And it's there for you, um, and it's you know uh, you've got to grab it with both hands, really. And and it's kind of like um, there's a lot of stuff in there. You sort of oh geez, you know, um, I'm, this is this is primary school stuff, um, you know, and you don't want to do it. And but it's it, it stays with you. It, all these little like the yoga and the uh, and the little classes they have and all this sort of thing. Um, it kind of sticks with you as, as life skills because what al- with alcohol is it, it strips you of all of that. You, f- you stuff up your life and you, you lose your, your sense of you know even just how to manage your finances and bills and paying, doing your regular lifestyle stuff, and it gives you gives it all back to you. And um, um, uh, and, but but it's you know you, you've got a uh, you know there's. It's 28 days. It seems like an eternity, but it's not really. Um, and and I, I just think you know we need we need one of the, we need these things all over all over Australia. Which, you know this is really vital. There's a there's an author called Gabriel Mate. If anyone wants to know about the uh, the, the sort of uh, the ideology behind all of this, he talks. He's, he's a medical recovery doctor, and that's very important this this so it's uh yeah um but the trick is i have to say when you leave when you walk out of the door you need to keep the program going immediately get to a meeting because what we do is we walk out and there's a pub between you and the and there's a bottle shop between you and home and it's so easy to say all right i've done the rehab uh i can celebrate or i can i can just have a squeeze and a drink here and you're back to you know, so it's, it sounds trivial, but it's really important just to grab a meeting while you keep the program going. Yeah. So um, you mentioned the meeting. So I guess you're exposed to Alcoholics Anonymous in in that detox program. Yeah. 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 yeah that was a pivotal thing for me. I, 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 they came and sort of they, the volunteers come and talk to you. You know, and and it it was just like I don't know. They, they just related to everything they were saying. I thought, nah, hang on, this is, this is, yeah, these these people are sort of t- talking my language, um, and I, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to meeting. It's a bit confronting. You got to pluck, pluck up a bit of courage and go into a room with strangers. And what is this? Is is, is this a cult? 
um, you know, and all this kind of, it's not, <laughs> it's, you know, and you sort of think, oh, you know, do I have to give up the rest of my life and white-knuckle it forever and it's going to be grey and dull? It's not. Your life comes back in, in spades. And so I got to the meeting and, and i tell you what, my life, I, what I heard there, I thought, you guys are brilliant. This is, um, uh, you know, what they were saying was worth carving in stone. Um, and these are just every every Joe Joe. Joe Blow people, you know, in in life, and um, but there was something they were saying that was like it was on the money, on, on exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess that's the message of hope in real terms. Hope that there is, you know, you can yeah. recover and there yeah. is a life after drinking. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, life. It, it, you, you, you get to a point where you sort of think. That little aspect of drinking becomes so. It's like two, two or three, five percent of my life is, you know, might be, um, uh, you know, filled with drinking. It's just not worth the rest of it. You get so much back. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, life just becomes. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you know. You know. You don't walk around like with a big smile on your face all day long, but. Um, you, you know, um, life's a bit easier. Yeah, it's so nice. It's so nice to just yeah. Um, but as you know, if you, you know, it, every once in a while the the mind will play tricks, or you have a shit time, and you uh, some crisis will happening, and this is where you, you can't predict. You know, and you sort of think, ah, oh, to hell with it. I'll I'll I'll, I'll have a drink. That's where you're. Um, that's where you kind of. It doesn't really go away. It just sort of sits there, waiting for you to, to um, feel shit, yeah. and then it'll 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 make itself into your living room. Yeah. So did you have a break? Uh, uh, did I have a break? Sorry. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I did. I. I did. I. Um, I uh, relapsed. To, uh, I, just this was like six months before the lockdown, first lockdown, and I was doing well in the program, but I was doing too well, um, and I, I was driving past the bottle shop after a meeting, and I thought, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing this well. This is good. Life's good, you know. I can, I can, I can have a, I can have a bottle here, you know. So <laughs> I drove into a bottle shop, and uh, it just came back again, and I was like, uh, like, so, cycle so come back, and I'm back to rehab. Um, I don't know, three or four weeks later, and just goes right. So yeah, there was um, I think it was two or three busts somewhere along the lines there. Um, uh, the second lockdown, I thought, well, we you know we're doomed. You know, you get an idea in your head, or you get a thought, and you think, oh, that's it. That's my reason. Um, we call it the broken shoelace syndrome. Um, the smallest of things or the biggest of things, you can think, oh, well, there's a reason and I, I better drink because that'll make me feel good. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I did. And, but this time I I didn't muck around. I, 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 I thought, okay, I've busted. I'm back, I'm back to recovery straight away. Um, and I told them, I said, I, I, I know this, I'm going to spiral right back. Um... I don't want to. I don't want to play with this. Um, and um, so, so what was it like going back after you had a break? 
you know, you, you feel you feel two inches tall, you know, and and you feel, um, you, you know, you feel misunderstood. Um, and it's kind of in a, in a way, it's kind of an understanding that you don't want to you don't want someone on your case sort of saying, you know, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't have done that. You don't really get that in AA. You know, there's an there's definitely an understanding, but you feel like, you know, and you kind of you come in with your, your cap in your hand, sort of thing, feeling terrible, and everyone's sitting there going, "Oh, where you where you've been?" Uh, <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, no problem. Yeah, I, all right, yeah, but I, you know, yeah, and then there's a cup of tea. You know, it's remarkable, um, but it's, you know, it's not it's not to say, you know. To trivialise, you know, busting because it, it, it gets chronically worse. And my situation now is, if I do it again, uh, I, I'm, I'm in serious trouble very quickly. So yeah, so, right. yeah. So so um, one of the main things in AA is the fellowship. You know, other people to help you. You know, in yeah. situations. So uh, how have have you found um, you know online meetings? Good or bad for you? Ah, uh, look, I, I didn't. I, I, I'm very. I guess you could say old school. I think the way AA's worked it out is 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 how it's it, it works most effectively, and there's a reason for the reason you you you, have, you go to live meetings and face to face meetings. There's a, there's a definite um, there's a there's some there's a lot of importance in that in that live going. Going somewhere in community, and it's middle of winter, and you know you're willing to go and and and, and face people. So I'm not big on Zoom. I don't. In fact, I, I'm a bit. I reckon that I'll be surprised if people recover fully on Zoom. Um, I, I actually think it's a bit lazy. Um, it, it, but it, it is good. Like if you can't get to, it's it, it, it's the positive is like you know, geez, you contact people from all around the world. And if I was stuck in hospital once, and I needed a I needed a meeting, I got a, on a Zoom meeting. Um, so it's 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 there, but it, it definitely I don't I don't think it's going to replace the the original AA program. It, it shouldn't. Um, no, it's a bit know. harder to make contact with other people in real terms. You can you can talk to a lot of people, but it's harder to make that individual contact. I find, yeah. Yeah, indeed, indeed, and that's vital in, in this day and age. In particular, there's another author called Johan Hari who's written this book called um, "It's to do with you know the, the IT is causing a lot of isolation, okay. um, stolen focus, it's called, and um, it's out now in the bookshops. But 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 it's kind of like uh, yeah, we we're losing this this thing where you know you can go somewhere and have a cup of tea and just talk. Um, oh, I think they're called coffee shops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. but you know, it's sort of a little bit more because it's a bit, a bit more structured, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I was I was being a bit facetious there, but um, no, that's yeah. all right. I forgot about coffee shops. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it more regularly. They're becoming part of it. It, it used yeah. to be quite quaint in the old days. I'm saying I came from the eastern suburbs and we'd drive into Victoria Market and we'd drive past all the 
you know, Greeks and Italians sitting in coffee shops having, you know, coffee. That's right. And uh, on Saturday mornings and stuff and thinking, oh, isn't that unusual? And now, yeah. <laughs> now we're all doing it. It's just... We're all doing it's it. It's absolutely yeah. amazing, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, truly. Yeah. yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah. yeah. So um, how are you involved in AA, apart from mm-hmm. just going to meetings? Um, oh, look, I, I, I try to... I, I don't know, I don't even try. I, I, I love it. It's gone from... I used to sort of go, oh, geez, I've got to go to these meetings, and oh, God, my, you know, I, I have to do this. But now it's gone the other way, and I'm, I love it. I, I love, I love the, it's just, you know, you know, just, you hear some amazing stories and the chat and the talk, and so I, I, I'll go to. There's all different types of meetings, so I'll do that. Um, I'll, I, I have a good. Uh, like a, a brilliant sponsor, so someone who's got this wealth of experience, um, wisdom. You sort of think, geez, you know, that's that's pretty fortunate. It's, you can sit down with someone and just uh, that, that, that 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 knowledge is is is, is fantastic. So that um, and just uh, so occasionally we'll we'll go to a cafe. Yeah, so we we will go for a coffee afterwards and. Um, uh, again, that's 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 marvellous. Um, there are uh, occasionally they'll do like uh, you, you can go to um, weekends away and all this sort of thing. There's, there's apparently a trek around Australia you can do, which I'd love to do um, with AA, and you just do meetings all around Australia. It's yeah. it's brilliant because you see the whole country. I I, I will go, I'll, I'll probably go to the convention. Um, yeah, do you want to do you want to talk about yeah. that? I, I guess um, yeah. I've I've been to a few in over the over the years, and yeah. we're really lucky to have it in Melbourne because um, yeah. it only comes here about once every I don't know five or seven years or something. Yeah. So uh, it is a really good chance to catch up with people yeah. and and hear people uh, from interstate as well. Yeah. 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 Look, I, 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 I'm 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 fairly new to. to so you could probably say to, to say more about um, what, you, what you know there, but I, I, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's um, it's going to be remarkable. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really keen to sort of just get into a couple of doing the workshops and things, um, and um, it's it's you know kind of in the scheme of things, it's 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 a bit a bit expensive because for AA we don't. We don't like to um, put a big price. We don't. It's all gold coin donation, so. Um, but it's worth it, and. Um, yeah, it costs uh, a bit to put on. I think. Um, I think yeah, that's the main thing. That's right. I'm just covering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that kind of thing. Um, but um, to get contact with again live contact with people from all around the country and probably even overseas, even though we've got live, just live, you know. Talking to people um, is, 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 is is invaluable, um, um, and it's. I used to be incredibly shy, and I was thinking, no chance would I be going to something like that. Uh, and I'm, you know, but it's it's you're in company, you're in good company, and um, I. Um, It'll be so nice, just just to I don't know. And I'm not in the I'm not in I'm, you know I don't be the corporate executive life, so this is not a regular thing for me. I I don't 
you know, I don't... Don't do this stuff. Do this. <laughs> don't, no, no, you know, there isn't a corporation that pays for my, for, for my, uh, for my flights and my lunch and because I don't fly anywhere and I, I buy my own lunch, so... Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, well, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you will. Um, yeah. If anybody would like to find out more about Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, you can phone them on 1300 222 or you can go online at aa.org.au for more information about meetings and other contact details. Uh, well, that's about all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Michael for sharing his alcoholism recovery experience with us on Living Free Show. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, join us again next week when we'll talk with Bridget and Patrick from Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous in the USA and talk about their challenges of being compulsive eaters. Uh, coming up next, we have Bell and Wah, The Spirit of Wah, hosted by Uncle Tulligam Choco Edwards. Uh, Wah is a crow, an ancestral being in Aboriginal tradition and oral history and is a cultural hero and trickster. So you can join Uncle Choco in the spirit of Wah on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. So thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. 